Okay, welcome to episode nine of Aaron Calling. Oh, this is this is a, a shock and a surprise that we're still here. Did I did I catch a niner in there? You did. <laughs> here we are once again, proving that in fact you do not have to take your clothes off to have a good time. <laughs> That's very true. Actually. <laughs> I'm glad that our podcast has proven that point, though. Yep, absolutely. That's wonderful. That's Nine wonderful. episodes of proof. <laughs> <laughs> Nor do you have to take your clothes off to enjoy our podcast. Nope, just drink some cherry wine. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but, so, let's see. Episode nine. I think we're talking reissues today, yes? Yes. I don't know why I said that like that, but yes. I like your enthusiasm. <laughs> Do you want to give me a brief synopsis of things you bought, or do you want to jump right into reissues? You tell me. Let's, uh, we can do some, we can do some bought things, sure. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. You want me to, you want me to do this thing? Yeah, you do it. I've, I've right. only got a couple, so you, right. you lay it on me. Um, well, this, this week, um, I got, uh, Robbie Robertson, uh, his solo first solo album. Um, What's that one with, called, or is it just self-titled? It is just self-titled. Ah. The uh, it is basically so. Background for me with this record is uh, my mother and father, yeah, both big uh, band fans. When mm-hmm. I was a child, I thought it was the worst thing I ever heard, and I begged <laughs> them to turn it off every time they played it. <laughs> um, later, of course, I became a wiser person and was like, man, that's that's good stuff. Um, and as most of us do, got enraptured with the Levon Robbie uh, verbal or literal fistfight. Yep. Um, through the ages um but she, my mom got this record she was squarely in the robbie camp and uh got this record somehow i think probably through like columbia house or something somewhere along the way and uh it wound up actually the cassette wound up in my possession when i believe i met you when i was at belmont mm-hmm. i had this record and played it constantly in my car um and yeah i happened upon it at a shop here it was like three or four dollars i think yeah that's a great looks ridiculously it's like the ultimate dad record right right it is basically (laughs) and the crazy part this is the crazy part it is a daniel lanois produced record that's interesting i didn't know that it is basically a Okay, so it's basically like Daniel Lanois called everybody that played on records he had produced and was like, I'm just going to give you time in the studio with Robbie and he's going to play your song, the songs and then you're going to do them together. And yeah. it's like basically half the record is like the Peter Gabriel band and Peter Gabriel from like So era. Oh. And uh, the other half is U2. Weird. Like, it's crazy. Um, and it's actually, there's a song called Sweet Fire of Love, I think is the name of it. Yes. That is probably my favorite U2 song. 
Because <laughs> it is basically a U2 song that Robbie Robertson sings. No kidding. Bon- yeah. Hmm. Anywho's. Uh, also, there's a song called Broken Arrow on here, which yep. Rod Stewart redid later. Also good, but not quite. Also like a, like a movie, wasn't it? Like a Jet broken, Fighters or something? Yeah, Broken <laughs> Arrow. That's, that, that's when the nuke goes missing. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's a really great record. Uh, I don't know that I don't know that I've seen it too terribly much. Again, this was like, it's, let me see, what year is it? 87, there you go. It's yeah, the it's, it's the old tipping point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's great. Uh, great songs. Uh, I think I said to you, I was like, I don't understand why in Levon's uh, memoir, This Wheel's on Fire, yeah. he basically says in there like, Robbie couldn't sing. That's why I never sang on band albums, but like he sings really well on this record. So I don't yeah. know. It's very weird, but well, uh, you, you tend to accuse people of whatever you can think of when they took most of the publishing. And didn't tell true. you. That's very true. <laughs> well, you may have the publishing, but you can't <laughs> sing. Ah! Yeah. Ha ha. Gotcha. <laughs> Zinger. Zing. Um, so, uh, yeah. So in the same shopping trip, I got that. I got, uh, the Finding Cannibals debut album, um, which has uh, Suspicious Minds, their cover of that on there, yeah. and uh, the song Johnny Come Home, which was the, I believe, the single off that. Um, but that was like one was three and one was four. So I got both those for seven bucks. That was a nice. great trip. Um, okay. I also got uh, your favorite purchase of mine of late, Wang Chung's. <laughs> Points on the curve. That's um, great. I I had nothing to offer on Wing Chung. I feel bad. Like I just, I got, I've got nothing to give. I've got no love or hate. I'm just like you. Yeah, Wing Chung. You and my wife both. You're like, <laughs> I don't even know what to I say feel, about. That. I feel bad. I can't even get excited for you. But I'm just sort of like, yeah, cool, good. I'm glad you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this does it for you. Um, <laughs> There is only one real reason that I own this now, and it has become it's because in the last I would say fifteen years of my life, I don't know I have no reason for this, but the song Dance Hall Days has become like I am fascinated by that song. Really? That's I don't know why. But huh. it's like the lyrics are real creepy. Like they get it gets really weird and like there's a rhythmic thing. That's really interesting. It's, it's a whole thing. Um, yeah. but it was like maybe five bucks, something like that. It's yeah. been, it, it looks like somebody else bought it for one song and played that one song once and then put it away. <laughs> yeah. Um, they also did a soundtrack right after this for a movie to live and die in LA which, if you've never seen, is kind of a crazy movie. Yeah, in that I, very I, think, 80s I know way. it definitely started it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's a. It is definitely a dad movie. Uh, Mickey Ford loves that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it for him for like a Christmas present on like super high def DVD or something. <laughs> but they did the soundtrack for it, yeah. and it is a great soundtrack in that very 80s synthy, weird industrial sounding way. So yeah. You get a chance to just check it out. You don't have to listen to that guy sing. There's no everybody have fun tonight, everybody Aww. Wang Chung tonight, or anything like that. And that's not on this record either. It's much yeah. more like synthy love songs or whatever. Ooh. 
anyways, that's that's my Wang Chung rant. Um, uh, Mothers of Invention, Weasels Ripped My Flesh. That's great. That's a great one. <laughs> uh, which is my first, my probably, I think this was my first foray into Zappa Town. Yeah. Uh, uh, my friend uh, Steve Abercrombie, who I basically was in a band with as a young lad kind of we kind of all learned how to play music together biggest zappa fan that i personally know he had uh, a copy of this i think when they started reissuing them on cd um and played it for me he's also the guy that played like naked city for me and like <laughs> all that stuff so it makes perfect sense that this is the one that he was like yeah you should check this out yeah um, mainly cause it's like crazy drums and rhythms everywhere. And I tried to play it for Ozzy and he ran <laughs> quickly <laughs> into the other room. I bet. I bet. Um, that was, that's on the, so that's all the used things. I also picked up this, um, this, uh, new electronic, well, she's new to me, new electronic artist, Roxy Moore. Oh, I don't know that. She is, uh, I think, French-born and is in based in Berlin. But um, hmm. the record's called Face to Phase. Uh, it is my my electronic tastes are usually fall in one of two camps. One super drum heavy. Imagine that yep. as a drummer. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then the other is like super minimalist. Um, and this falls more towards the minimalist. Uh, side of things but um it's very interesting and it's fun it's fun to just kind of put on and and like let it do its thing um it's really good and i took a chance i listened to it i think i read like something about her on like weirdly it popped up as like a review on like pitchfork or something i was like yeah literally it was like that album cover was like interesting enough that i was like I want to see what that is up close. And then I just started reading the thing. I was like, now I want to hear this. <laughs> and so now I have the record. So nice. Yeah, it's good. Kind of all over the map this time. It's not an electronic cover of Phil Collins face. to face. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, one could only hope. <laughs> Can I say how much that? Okay. Speaking of reissues, Sorry. Gotta go yeah. there quick. Can yeah. I say how much it bothers me that he like redid the covers of all his yeah, face yeah. albums with like his old man face? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. There yeah. we go. <laughs> Feel better? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> like what what why, dude? Why? We know you're older. It's fine. Yeah, I, I didn't really understand that either, but I don't know. Whatever. Sorry. Done. I uh I um <laughs> I only got two things this weekend, really. I well, I got a bunch of forty fives, but well, not even. I say you sent me more. Five. Yeah, 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 like four or five, and then yeah. I'm not counting like the Goodwill stuff because you know <laughs> I, I I I bought like twelve records at Goodwill for like fourteen bucks and already sold right. one of them for like fifteen. It's like a David Allen Co record or something. So wow, nice. Um, makes my fun makes for my fun money, but it's weird because like when I go in there, some of them like. I see like that Al Jarreau record or whatever, yeah. and I was playing it so loud last night. <laughs> Everyone was just like, I played, was blasting the song "Boogie Down." It was not was not well received, but 
But, you know, I was like, oh, wait, I can't probably even actually really sell this. So, but whenever I find something interesting, good condition, I also found this Wilson Pickett record called The Right Track or something from mm-hmm. the 80s. It is mm-hmm. not, I mean, it's like in those <laughs> five, six minute funk era, you yeah. know, thing, and it's, yeah, not, but I, I was like, well, it's really clean. So I picked it up and took it home, but then I'm like, I'll just take those to swap them in at the regular record store at some point. But, um, right. but the two I got that like, um, that, um, you know, that I was really like actually doing shopping for was I picked up the love tractors. This ain't no outer spaceship. Yep. Uh, from 86, 1986. So, yep. uh, love track. It's not the love tractor that I really want, which I think is right. just a self titled record, which I believe is actually all instrumental. Yeah. Um, but this was fun. This is a fun little jangly Athensy Atlanta 80s era, uh, record. So, right. It was three dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So that, that was exciting. Um, and then I got the, and I sent this to you, I got Aretha Franklin's Amazing Grace, the yep. two record set. So, which you've been um, looking for for a little bit. Well, I have been once I watched the movie. Right. Um, I was like, I should really try to pick that up. And then I like looked at it online. I was like, oh, this is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was joking at the record show, not this weekend, but the weekend before to the guy who, um, to one of the store owners near me that was at the record show manning a booth. I was like, you yeah. know what I really need? I really need Aretha Franklin's Amazing Grace. He's like, oh, we have one at the store. So I went on Saturday and he got it out for me. It's been there since April. I'm like, how did you <laughs> miss this? <laughs> and it wasn't crazy expensive, right? Yeah, it was like 20 bucks. Nice. The side, let's see, the first side, it's also like, you know how they made records for like record changers? So it's like a double LP set, but it's like Side right. one, side four, and then side two, yep. side three on the second yep. LP. So it's almost like side one they listen to a lot, and then none of the others. <laughs> you know what I mean? So <laughs> right. um, there was like a check condition sticker on it, but it really didn't look that bad. So I yeah. took a chance on it. And there was a couple pops on the, in the, maybe like a skip on the first side, but I hadn't cleaned it before I listened to it. So I bet the yeah. cleaning will, will get it, get it, uh, get it mostly there. But you know, these are like five, you know, five, six, seven minute gospel yeah. working their way up jams. So it's like right. a popper here or there doesn't matter too much. So, right. I was excited about it. Nice. I listened to it this morning. That was my Sunday. Yeah. Went to church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, that, we that going to of, church. Yeah. That was kind of all I found. Like, well, I did, I did get that REM 45 and, um, yep. And for some reason, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm blanking on which one it was. It's like a jukebox 45. It's from um, New Adventures in High Five, like Breathless or something like that, I think. Yeah, and it had an undertow on it too, right? Yeah, it did have an undertow yeah. on it. So that one, uh, that was a fun pickup. Like, every time I find them, I always find them. I'm like, oh, cool, I'll just go and pick it up. What's going to be bad <laughs> is when I start forgetting which ones I have. Right. And start getting duplicates. But they're always usually like 99 cents. You know what I mean? So they're yeah. just fun to have. Because doesn't, don't they have a, like demos for Undertow on that new monster? There thing? may be. There may In be. In the demo world. Because they're may recording be. all that stuff. I mean, they're doing basically concurrently. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I picked that up. And then a couple like weird 45s that I just didn't really 
know anything about. So they were, it was okay. It was kind of hit or miss. So, yeah. but that's like the, the gamble part for a couple bucks here or there. So, right. So, yeah. So that was it. But, um, nice. yeah. Good work, team. <laughs> Everybody get in here and take a knee. All right. Take a knee, <laughs> take a knee and bring it in. Put your, bring record, in. put your records in the corner. <laughs> right. He's getting the game ball. <laughs> so, one of the things that we talked about um, talking about, that's, yep. that's professional, dun, dun, dun. Um, was albums that were dying to have reissued. And yep. um, I think we said we'd come up with three. I think I pretty much topped out at two. But um, uh, and then I sent a list that Discogs just recently posted in October. Yes. 15 albums that the Discogs community wants to see reissued. So. Should we go through that list and then talk about ours or? Uh... Yeah, let's let's because I feel like I think I said this, like that list would probably could almost be my list. Like, yeah. Um, and one of mine's in here. Right. And when I, at least one of mine, if not, I think two of them. Yeah, there is one. Were yeah. for sure yeah. one, but two. Yeah. Because um, it's all it's I mean, we have now reached that age where the music that we grew up with due to the format switch over <laughs> yeah that's what uh, most of these are yeah they're all 90s records yep um so, so yeah. the first one on their list and it looks like it goes in alphabetical order and it looks like um there's some explanation as to kind of how they came up with the list but it looks like they just kind of went through and found um their most like wanted you know what i mean like because yeah. you can you know on the on the most want list and then kind of compared it to prices to see, like, A, if there's any available, and B, how much they are. So right. um, the first one is AFX Analog Bubble Bath 5, which yep. is uh, uh, Richard James from AFX Twin. So yep. I will admit that I tried once to get into AFX Twin and was so <laughs> overwhelmed that I didn't know what to do. So it's like, dang, okay, right. I'm happy for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I, I arrived as a lover of FX twin through uh what is that right the ambient works yes which are not actually ambient really at all but i know it's much it's much more palatable than some of the like noisier crazier thing um that record that record has been reissued and i have that reissue and it's really yeah. great but this one that i this one i had not seen and I don't think I knew about. Yeah, that's a new one for me. And it, it, I think that's why I got so overwhelmed because he has so many different names and right um, aliases, <clears throat> I guess, is the proper yeah. proper thing. So, um, yeah, not much to add on that one. Right. Um, the next one is Allison Chain's facelift. Oof. Yes. I'm the man in the box. So, if I may. Yes. Uh, I grew up in a place called Carrollton, Georgia, uh, <laughs> which is, I find out now as 42 year old, soon to be 43. Oof. Um, that the plant, the pressing plant that was in that, there was a Sony pressing plant in Carrollton that my oh, neighbor's dad worked at. I thought it was just like a clearing. Like I thought it was like a warehouse sort of thing. Yeah, but they were actually pressing records there. Like, apparently, some records like the Carrollton pressing is like the one people like like freak out over. Uh -huh. Which I was like, what? But he, 
when Facelift came out, like he brought it home. He would bring home records all the time for like or cassettes or whatever for his son. And if his kid usually didn't like the rock and roll stuff or whatever, and I would like snatch it and or he would give it to me or whatever. Facelift was one of those. Um, and I wish, you know, I wish I could like time travel back and be like, can you give me this on vinyl? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it has one of like, Man in the Box is a great single for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and a, a hell of a way, pardon my French, to <laughs> introduce your band yeah. <laughs> to the world. Yeah, remember but, that music video? Yeah, like, wow, you went all in. Yeah, with like the <laughs> eyes stitched shot and the yeah. coming off the hood. Um, like, it was like, whoa! <laughs> right. There's another song on there. Uh, oh, man. I'll have to look at it. But there's, there's another a song, song called there. I Can't Remember. Is that the one you're trying to think of? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Anyways, that record, when I saw that, I was like, you know what? I hadn't even thought about that one, but I would really. Was it Bleed the Freak? No. Okay. Not... Just, yeah. Uh... It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Anyways, I'll, I'll hit it in a second and I'll be like, oh, yeah. Sea of just... Sorrow? No. <laughs> I'm just striking out on all of them. I'm trying real hard for you. It's we interesting, have... though, that, like, this is... I never really know where Alice in Chains falls in the, the... Sort of the canon of grunge era. Like, you know, like, did it almost become a little too bro-y? Like, you know, right. for people that can't quite... That want to write off grunge as sort of a whole... That, that want to take the epitome of popular grunge, which Alice in Chains definitely hit, and yep. take all those really big records and just go, this is grunge at its worst and it all needs to go. You know what I mean? Or right. without kind of giving it the, 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 the willingness to sort of see how it got to that level, which right. every genre, which doesn't really happen anymore, but like every... He does still in hip hop, but like every time somebody hits big, everyone follows, and those records are always at least favorites. But I mean, when when this band came out, I mean, like I've never heard anything close like it. And then right. I was a big, I was really into Dirt, which again, it feels weird to say that, but I think yeah, people are okay with that. But um, but yeah, it's just it's sort of a. It, I was surprised to see it on here. I guess I'll put it that way. Yeah, it ain't like that. That's the one. It ain't like that. That's the song. That is, to me, that is the, if you're looking for, because facelift doesn't sound like dirt. Like when you hear facelift, you're not like, you're not like, oh, the next record is going to sound like dirt. No, it does not sound like it. Um, But if any song on there does sound like dirt, it's, it ain't like that. It's like close to like that thing. But it was also like the most, once you started kind of going down the road of like Seattle things of that yeah. moment, like it was the thing on that record that kind of connected it to all the other stuff too. Like there was, yeah. cause facelift kind of sounds like a, almost like a hair metal record. Like yeah. there's some like touches on there. That's like very much of an era. And then like they dirt doesn't sound like that because they kind of, but that's what's so it. weird about a lot of those early grunge bands not to go down too far down a rabbit <laughs> right. hole but like a lot of their first records were basically attempts right. i mean mother love bone was 
by all means, Absolutely. like glam band. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, that sort of turned into, you know, Temple of the Dog and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and all these sort of other things, right. you know? So, right. Um, I just don't think you can be, I, regardless of what you think of Alice in Chains, the song Wood from the single soundtrack. Oh. And I think that's on, is that on Dirt too? Yeah. I can't remember. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first time I ever heard it was on the single soundtrack. And yep. I think that's just sort of a perfect song. It's kind of hard to explain. But yep. for that time era, it's just, you know, it's like kind of mid-tempo, never really gets like, it's just perfect. I don't know. Yeah. So. Yep. And it sounds, again, it sound, it's, it's another one of those songs that like kind of encapsulates the feel of that music at large. It doesn't speak for all of it by any means but it like kind of sounds like like you're like what's a what's a good idea if i'm trying to explain to somebody what grunge sounded yeah, like that's okay actually, that's actually a good point listen to that song yep. and then then you'll you'll get an idea of the atmosphere we're working with yep. <laughs> yeah Facebook, on all their I'd, records I'd on all their records did cantrell and um lane staley sing at the same time or did they duplicate Lane's, I've always wondered this and I've been too lazy to research it, but like, you know, if you listen to like, uh, like they're unplugged, yeah, you can kind of hear where they're kind of singing at the same time, but I never really knew. Yeah. No, like, it was, on. uh, Cantrell basically, yeah, he was the basically the second vocalist, in right? The band yeah, all That's the time, yeah, because on, on wood, he is singing, he's actually singing the lead, the part that you know is like that comes in first that's like yep. and i remember like like really and then like no that's really him like seeing them do it live somewhere and i was like i, I can sing all right yeah. the um this this next album is actually one that i'm i would totally i actually love this record and it surprises me that i do but um it's beck's midnight vultures <laughs> Yeah, and it's also a surprise that that hasn't been reissued because they've reissued a lot of his other catalog records. Yep. Why not that one? I um I really don't know because it wasn't I, as popular. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe. It, so one of my one of my favorite Beck interviews of all time was like this guy was interviewing him. And he was like, "So, um, you know, like." Uh, Midnight Vultures seems to kind of be a disappointment um, uh, and, and kind of a flop. Um, it only sold like 1.2 million copies, and like Beck, like just went right back at him. Was just like, it's, so 1.2 million copies is a failure, <laughs> you right. know. Um, but I would say I will say that there are songs on this record that are so good. Sex yeah. laws could disappear forever, and I would not care. I just. <laughs> Do not. I never liked that song. But um, right after that, Nicotine and Gravy and uh, Mixed mm. Business isn't really my favorite one either. But like Nicotine and Gravy, Get Real Paid, Peaches and Cream, Milk and Honey. That uh, And then with Deborah, it's so, mm. so good. And I remember when this record came out, he did like VH1 did like a fashion show or something on TV. Yep. Maybe like a. Victoria's Secret type thing or whatever, and he came out and like nailed Deborah like full falsetto and everything, and everyone yeah. was just like, "What is this like deep, deep back cut that he's doing?" But it was so yeah. good that actually made me go back check out the album. You see it everywhere, like CD wise, but 
honestly, there's just some weird stuff going on that album, and I love it. And I'm surprised it's, it hasn't been reissued either. And that was that was the direct follow up to Odelay, right? I believe like, so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, this came out in two thousand or ninety nine, two thousand. Right. Man. Yeah, that did. That came out right uh, after Odelay. That was a which run. you and I saw Odelay tour, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. We went to three twenty eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 That was a hot show. Oof. Yep. They were like throwing water on everybody. Wow. <laughs> it was so gross. <laughs> it was fun though. But yes. I think if um. I think folks that just generally enjoy Beck and he's gotten to that kind of Wilco stage of his career where there's like so many records, you know what I mean? Right. Um, right. But I do think that's a fun one to go back to in the streaming days and just give it another shot. Because if you skip the hits, like there's some really like the B yeah. side of that record, I really, really enjoy. So, yeah. Nice. He's got he's got a song on there about a lazy eye. Uh, I, I kind of always remember that. So. <laughs> Okay, so the next one is Fiona Apple's Win the Pawn, dot, yep. dot, dot, because it kind of goes on forever. So, yes. Um, which I guess isn't that surprising because they're just now getting around to reissuing um, her first record, right? Yeah, uh, I think Vow Me Please is reissuing. Yes. I get ads that. for it all the time. I was very, I was like, oh. Ooh, but I think I was probably going, ooh, because we had just seen this list and I was like, oh, Fiona Apple. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I, I mean, I was only marginally, I mean, I knew of her work, obviously, uh, uh, via title, but I think when the pawn was a record that I was like, wow, like there's some stuff on here that's like, yeah like this is really good like yeah. wow she's doing she's doing a thing here and it's yep. real good yep i think i think it's probably a lot of people are like wow title was great shadow boxer what a single you know all that stuff but like yeah. that was like the soulful you know chantouche of a singer this was like there was there was something like far grittier about when the pawn like you like you went through yeah. something yeah, did. she was pretty angry. Right? Yeah, like he went through a thing. Yeah, she yelled at all of us when she won a, a award. I think it was a Grammy right. or MTV award or That's something. Right. I remember that. Right. <laughs> you like yelled at everybody. Yeah. I'm sorry you won that award. Yeah, it's like, oh, sorry. I'll send your record back. Jeez. I know. Don't Jeez. worry, they'll never repress it. <laughs> There's 300 copies starting at 96 cents of CDs on uh, on Discogs, which is <laughs> says a lot. Um, okay, the next one, Guided by Voices, Same Place the Fly Got Smashed. All right. Now, I'm gonna, here's, here, here's an yes. interesting thing. Let me just say yep. this before before you go here, yep. thing, because this, this, will, this will play into my opinion on this one right okay. here. Um, the, the line here, it says, the alternative rock outfit fronted by Robert Pollard has released a whopping total of 168 releases since 1987. Right. <laughs> What that means to me is, I don't exactly know what's so great about this one, and maybe I should, but I get so lost in their discography that if you know why, is it just the very first one? I don't think no, it is. It's not. I don't. I what I was gonna say is I don't know. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> okay, good. I don't either. There's, I'm. There's I feel one, terrible about that, but but that's I what don't. I'm saying. Like, if you don't. 
if you don't know um, anything about that, then, you know, what, like, uh, they just have so many records. I don't know what that makes that one so special. Right, because I feel like, I feel like I wanted, for a long time, I wanted to get the guy to buy voices, and I literally, I was, like, so, like, overwhelmed with the amount of things that I was just like, I don't even know what to get. Same. Like, I don't even know where to, like, remotely start, because everybody you talk to who loved that band had, like, a different, like, you got to get this record. And they were literally different. All of them were different, because there's so many of them. Yep. Um, So finally, I think somebody somewhere, I was like getting music for a tour or something, just like taking it off, (laughs) putting it on an iPod or something. And uh, somebody had the the comp uh, human amusements at hourly rates or whatever. And like I just got that and then fell completely head over heels in love with the band. But even saying that, I still haven't like gone like catalog shopping. Yeah, me either. I'm just like I don't know what to do. Yeah, and I don't really, I don't really (laughs) like necessarily buying the new ones because I'm like, but I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't really have enough of the old ones to really, you know. Right, right, right. Our friend told me one time he's like, "New guy, my voices records out," and I was like, "Ah, yeah, I guess that's awesome." I don't, I don't know. Like, I just sweet. And my friends that love them just worship them, and I love that. I just, um, like, like I said, I'm just generally overwhelmed by it. So yeah. All right. So we, we've got very little ad there. That's fine. So the next right. one is Hope Sandoval and the Warm Intentions through the Devil Softly. So uh, Hope Sandoval of Mazzy Star. Yes. I've never heard this record. So I, I have I just assume people want it because she was in Mazzy Star. But I, I haven't heard it enough to know that. Uh, I forget. I Does he say in there that is this the first thing? This is not the first release for her after no she's right? saying well she did a lot she collaborated a lot because it says yeah. that she collaborated with air massive attack jesus and mary chain chemical yep. brothers but that this was her own personal project hope okay. sandoval and the warm intentions yeah they okay. released three albums but the one in the middle through the devil softly has never been pressed on vinyl yeah. so i guess maybe yeah. that's the reason why i think i remember hearing um, there was a single from that that i remember hearing probably like college radio or something but i don't um i couldn't tell you what the name of it was so yeah i did just buy um and it's just a reissue of um she hangs brightly though Mm. and uh i've been playing the blue flower song in my um in my dj sets and what cracks me up is something i've never really thought about in terms of that band but like basically they're just the doors of the female singer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and and not a lot of keyboards, you know what I mean? But like, right. just like kind of right. like that really like kind of like slow kind of like, I don't know, maybe yeah. that's too much of a generalization, but there's a lot of things where I'm like, oh, this just kind of has that cool Dorsey vibe to it with a great, great lead vocalist. But right. I remember seeing her, her, them open, they opened a show. I want to say it was like one of those weird, like all these bands are on some weird subsidiary of Atlantic records tours in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like Mazzy star. It might've been like Mazzy star and like stone temple pilots and oh, somebody yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But like, they were like the first opener 
And it is, it's like one of those moments that I know that they came out on stage and I know that I watched them play, but I couldn't tell you one yep. thing about it. Like, yep, it was just like, yep, there they are. Okay. Now they're gone. All right. <laughs> like, so she never moved. Yeah. Like, oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It was probably just like, right. Beginning. Yeah. End. Uh, <laughs> massive attack. 100th window. I have nothing to add on. I'm just not a massive <laughs> attack fan. So, um, it is, it's really good. Oh, is it? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Good. I'm a, I'm an understated massive attack fan. Love mezzanine. Like, I think it deserves all the accolades that it gets. Yep. Like there are a few records I know of that really nail a feeling and an atmosphere and like hold that and just never, it's not like they're ever trying to like get you to look any other way, but just right into what they're doing and boom. Um, and everything else that they did was kind of the same thing, not the same feeling or like, I'm not like saying that's a bad thing, but like yep. they were very good at that early trip hop thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and they, they had some great collaborators, obviously just mentioned hope, but uh, yeah, I can't believe that hasn't been, I actually can't believe that hasn't been. I know. Weird, right? right? It is very weird. But again, it was released at a time, which is, I think, what he denotes, if I remember, about a lot of those records, like when they were put out. Yeah, it came out in 2003. Like 2003, get out of here. Nobody's buying records. (laughs) Uh, So the next one is on your list. Here it is. Uh, PJ Harvey's Rid of Me. Sweet mother (laughs) of God. (laughs) Now, I did a little bit of research, and... This there is a UK repress of this because oh, if you oh, there is if if you go I did some uh, some price shopping and I was like what's yep. all these selling for 25 28 bucks and then finally it looked like a UK repress but I don't know are those maybe unsanctioned or sound bad or what I have divined from my searching for this record because I think I even mentioned this last episode strangely but uh, that I like occasionally go on there. It was one of my price rant things. <laughs> yep. Um, like you occasionally just go on there and see like, what is it up to right now? Cause I think he mentions in his list, like, Oh, it's for $199. I'm like, that's cheap compared to like, some of them are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but what I've gleaned from what people are saying is anything that says it's a repress, they did a very, very tiny, anniversary run in maybe 2013 like a 20th anniversary uh, okay like a time i mean apparently it was minuscule <laughs> and then everything else is like a unofficial repress okay gotcha it looks i mean they even copied the like island records like logo right in the center of the whole thing but it's not legit <laughs> so that's why the real guys are like, you know, $500 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the ones I saw were, you know, bidding up in the $180 yeah. range. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, it is, it's really good. No, it's an amazing record. It's, uh, it's interesting. 
My thought on some of these two is that, and I would especially think this in her case, because that's Island records. Like my thought is she's probably after 20 years, she's probably getting to some sort of reversion rights in her contract where she'll start getting these back. And so I think when we start, when people start paying a lot for records and the artist is just kind of waiting it out because soon they'll eventually get the masters back and then they can do their own really yeah. like well thought out reissues kind of like what right. we talked about with REM's monster being a great example of that yep. um, versus just a major label reissuing it. And Island, you know, is a subsidiary these days of somebody that's probably not itching to just, you know, generate it just to generate it so right um that would be my guess on that could be wrong yeah because i mean the she was i want to say through i don't i guess she maybe still is on island but maybe not but i know through uh uh-huh her at least if not white chalk or whatever it was after that um i think she's always been on a major yeah, she she was definitely on island through through that like super run from like dry through stories from the city stories from the sea like the like all all killer no filler yep. <laughs> like everyone's records is just like wow yep stunning I think rid of me is possibly the most stunning of all of them but that's a personal thing there you go and um, I, I want it in my mitts. Yes, BCC. The next one is Sparkle Horse, Good Morning Spider. Mm. Uh, um, The thing I remember the most about this record is it came out in 98 on Mm -hmm. Capitol, and I interned at Capitol in 99 and easily took home multiple copies of the CD. (laughs) Right. It's like, (laughs) yeah. But, you know, what are you going to... They're too busy pushing... um, marcy playground or whatever right you know Um, how this ended up in capitals um coffers i'll have no idea but um i don't know that it was ever big enough to i mean it's for the people that love it it's it's very important and obviously the way things ended make it mean that much even more but um you know I'm not sure that a lot of people you would almost need to have almost like a documentary that goes with it. Do you know what I mean? I think right. sort of like reintroduce what, 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 you know, Mark is a songwriter uh, as Sparkle Horse was. So. Yeah, because I think the I think was maybe Run Out Groove or possibly Light in the Attic. One of those two did. Uh, what's the other record? Viva Dixie Submarine plot like for i think it's the first one yeah. the first first one um somebody reissued that it may have been like some music on vinyl or somebody like that that's not i guess necessarily yep. official but um because that's always been like i love that record it's a really great record um and then i picked back up a little bit later on the on the train Ooh. but uh yeah i mean again it's like capital probably had no business having that having sparkle horse as the artist in their <laughs> stable like what are you <laughs> what are you hoping to achieve with that one yeah you know it was weird when i was there it, they were coming out of their relationship remember that one time they had sort of a pressing and distribution relationship with 
uh, merge even. Right. So, um, and, um, like pavement, like there were a lot of like in Matador, I think. So there were yep. a lot of like weird, just records there that didn't really belong that I think that just, you know, that I was in the radio promotions department. So it was, it was like, we well, can have whatever's in this closet because, you know, those are copies we send to people and we don't work that closet anymore. I was like, sweet. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Cool right. stuff. Um, the next one on the list is very strange. Very strange. Yep. We talked about this. The Cure's Wish has never been <gasps> reissued. Another one. This is the this is the second one that was probably that was on my list. But um, and this was the one that I didn't really even as another one. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Easily my favorite Cure album. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it's a, I feel like this is one of those that is a fans album and not an artist's album ah i i think i think there's a whole i think there's a whole world of like robert smith being like yeah i don't like that (laughs) (laughs) like i kind of get the impression i could be completely wrong and you know they'll announce tomorrow that they're doing like nothing but that record in its entirety for the next 10 years but well, it's so huge. I mean, that Friday I'm in Love was just everywhere for... Yes. You couldn't turn on MTV and the, that video not be on every three or four songs, it felt like. Right. But I, I remember being in the room with, like, avid Cure fans, even, and playing, being like, you know, we're, like, talking about the Cure or whatever, and, like, I would bring up that record as, like, man, that's my record. And they're like, what? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like wait what you don't think that i'm like what about this song you know and they're like yep what song and i play it and they're like oh wow that is really good i'm like (laughs) did you not ever listen to this like i didn't like the cure when this came out and this made me like the cure like i mean i love fascination street and you know i loved things about them but i was never going to sit down and listen to a record until yeah i'm i'm the laziest cure fan of all time like right I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like Cure, but like, I don't really <laughs> love, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, right. you know. Somebody could be like, hey, man, I got a free ticket to go see the Cure. You want to go? And I'll probably be like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, <laughs> listen to my Cure records at home and be fine. Right. right. You know, it is weird, though. I always pick them up, you know, like I have Hot yep. Hot Hot. I bought years ago for no reason. I don't know why I bought it. And right. um, I'm glad, so glad I have it. And now, occasionally, when I find ones that, um, you know, or you know, kind of mean a lot to me. I'll pick them up, and they're they're great for DJing these days. So I always pick those up. But it's so weird that that. I mean, I looked up on eBay, and those are all going in the well over a hundred dollars. Like they're being bid way up. So I mean, again, it's interesting. It's another record. What was that? Ninety two. Uh, ninety two. Yep. 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 Yeah. So again, you're right in the middle of like, what do we do with this CD vinyl thing? How about yep. we make less vinyl and more CDs? Sounds good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, and also too, I would imagine that the CD sales so outpaced Absolutely. the you know vinyl at that time, especially when Friday I'm in Love blew up. That like, I'm, I'm sure everyone, I'm, I'm sure everybody was just like, we just have to keep this in the stores, like the CD version in and of itself. Right. So right, right, right. About, yeah. Yep. Weird one that hasn't been reissued. Um, yes, absolutely. Man, we still have quite a few to go. So I don't have much to say about the Mars Volta deloused in the comatorium. It's hard enough yep. to say. Um, I had the CD. It you know rearranges your synapses in ways that are just hard to put into words. But um, right. 
Um, I guess this one goes for a ridiculous amount of money, and there was only ever 15,000 copies made. But, I mean... <laughs> what I year mean, was that released? Because doesn't he say uh, it's, like, the worst year for, like, vinyl sales up till that did. point or something like that? Um, it was released in 2003, and there was only 5,000 copies pressed in 2003. And then in 14, <laughs> music on vinyl. Um, right. I, I guess maybe Great. did another 10,000 copies. I don't know. I think I'm getting that wrong. Jeez. But I mean, yeah, yeah the, the prices on here are pretty incredible. Another one I could kick myself for because I remember walking into like, I think seeing it a Best Buy to buy the CD and like the vinyl was there. Like they had some of them because it had just come out. And I was like, oh, what's this thing? Oh, this is the thing with the guys from at the drive-in. So cool. I'll get it. <laughs> had no way to play a record so i probably there's no reason for me to have gotten it but now you're like oh boy yep um next up the smashing pumpkins uh do you say is it machina or yeah yeah machina the machines of god um the last time they were probably good yeah yeah (laughs) yeah you know what's funny is i love Gish and I love um, the one Dream. after it. Yeah, Simon's Dream. Yeah. I'm totally spacing on. Yep. I I own neither on vinyl, and unless I found them for seven or eight bucks, like every time I see them, I'm like, I'm just okay having it. Like, it's right. just to me, it's such a digitally. Everything they did sounded so digital to me. Anyway, those high pitched guitar solos. <laughs> right. You know. Right. That I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. I mean, I don't know why. I don't know why I just don't get excited about buying those, yeah. um, the LPs of those, but I don't. So, um, but like I, like I said, if I found an affordable copy just on an off day when I was like, yeah, you know, I'd probably pick it up. But right, I got the I got the represses of Gish and Sami's Dream on nice. on like some crazy. It was like some weird sale. I think through like I think I just went. It's like right after I got the record player and started like buying records and everything, and like found some weird like through Target online sale, and it, yep. they were like stupid cheap. Like I must have been trying to get rid of them. So it was like at like different points, I got Gish and Sammy's Dream, and then Pisces Iscariot, the little the singles B side thing, like yep. popped up too, and I was like, oh crap. Yeah. The first song on Pisces Iscariot, I don't know the name of it, but it's one of the best Smashing Pumpkin songs no one's ever heard. Yep. Yep. And then after that, it gets really kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's cool. People that yep. love that band, absolutely. You know, I'm sure they are dying for that, which is great. Yes. Okay, this next one, I have no clue. Throbbing Gristle. Oh, yeah. It's old school industrial. Yeah, like, music from like the Death, early... Death Factory. Yeah, so it released in 1976. Yeah, it was like factory. Released on cassette. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That would be hard to find in any format. Yes, that would be. (laughs) That would be. Somebody somewhere has those tapes probably, and they don't even know they have the, like, original master tapes. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It's never been sold in the Discogs marketplace, which is interesting. I think it's probably there's probably like four copies in existence. Yeah, they said fifty-one people claim to have it, but no one's ever been sold. There you go. Jeez. Okay, the next one is on my list, and um, it's Tom Petty's Wildflowers. Yep. 
And whenever you talk about reissues, that's sort of like, oh, here's your hammer, here's your nail. You know what I mean? Right. But um, it actually technically has been. They did a box set of like his post. I don't know how to explain how they divvied up this box set. I mean, it's like a $275 box set or something. Oh, is that the, the one that they did like? early years middle years and late years is it that maybe yeah and so maybe yeah. it's like the later one it's a red box set i actually yeah. almost broke down and bought it yeah uh earlier this summer i was just like <laughs> i never see this i should get it yeah so stupid um but i've also sort of fallen back in love with a lot of his later catalog that i just skipped because i was an idiot and then yeah when he passed i was like oh and you find his cds everywhere for next to nothing and i just kind of really went on a really crazy tom petty rabbit hole but i do think that people can make the argument all day long and i get tired of it of you know records sounding better or whatever but i do think right. wildflowers is a record that would sound really great uh on a turntable so yes i've always looked for it i've never ever 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 seen it in a I store s- and i've never seen no. it online for less it's- than 150 200 so expensive rodrigo yeah Yeah. yes so that that takes one off my list the rumor has it that um that was the next that was like his thing that's what he was preparing for so he would they were going to do a big anniversary reissue wildflowers he was going to do a tour behind it and all that stuff um right which i think would have been great but uh because that was like coming up on 25 years I think so. Years? Yeah. 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 Something like that. Um, yeah. That would have been a great one. Um, yep. So, okay. We're on the last one. Um, Here we are. Tools. Enema. Enema. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Enema. Whatever. Scooby Doo. <laughs> Either way, I feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Either way, I'm standing uh, a little clutched on this one. But right. Um, uh, I would have. I would have thought this one would have actually been reissued by now. Tool, but tool right. too. But uh, man, and here there's not one for less than five hundred dollars. So it's yeah, crazy. I mean, I think I think again, this is you know, for a lot of people, this is as good as they got. Yeah. Um, it's definitely the most accessible they got, which is weird to say. Yeah, <laughs> but it is definitely the moment at which there there are moments on that record where you're like, that's almost a pop song. That's yep. all. I would you're agree you're real one. close. You played in four there for a minute, <laughs> not in some crazy time signature. Like, you you actually just condensed it and like gave us a single. Like that's a single, you know. Um, which I don't think they ever. I mean, after that, may I guess there's maybe like one on Lateralis, but after that, especially Ugh. there was like nothing, nothing I that's going to. Lateralis go. is the one that I love like the most. It's just so out there. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's really good. Yeah, but I think that like, is the one. That's but, the super mathy one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? It's either that one or Ten Thousand Days. You can tell how big of a Tool fan I am because I'm right. like, I can't even remember. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I have to believe with as much uh, legendary battle as they have had with their record label over just getting another record out that uh, this is this non reissue of that has got to be tied up in there somewhere well so (laughs) with all their albums coming back out on streaming services that made me assume like we were talking about earlier that they they must have gotten all their masters back 
Right. Maybe they're just so waiting. They out. probably did the deal, and then they'll probably just slowly start, you know, yeah. letting all these out. Um, I could be wrong, though. Hold on, I'm looking. They also seem like... Yeah, because, see, Fear Inoculum, their new one, is released on Tool Dissectional Records. Right. Um, and so... Um, I mean, they also yeah, strike me as 10,000 kind of days. 10,000 days is the same way. Let me look at Undertow. Um, yeah. So Undertow. So now this is kind of where you can see it, where all the bands yeah. are. And it makes total sense. Like if you're a band, just hold your stuff off on streaming until you get the masters back. Then you upload them and then everyone freaks out. Then you immediately follow that up with a new album. Then everyone freaks out and goes and buys it. And then, yep. then you start slowly kind of issuing things out, uh, um, you know, as, as far as vinyl goes. The only problem is those dudes were a perfect CD band. I mean, they have like six, seven minute songs. You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, it's hard for some of these bands that grew up in that era to be like, cool, how do we redo this? You know, like, yeah. you know, you're four talking about record. potentially, yeah, you're talking three, <laughs> three discs, yeah, three, four LP set, which people gobble up, but it takes right. time to get all that stuff remastered and all, you know, and, Yes, um, and do all that stuff. So, but Absolutely. anyway, well, that's the list. I only have one thing that I can think of that I'm dying to have reissued. Yep, hit me. I mean, I know, and, it, but and it's not <laughs> from a value standpoint. I mean, even right. though I look today, I could buy one for fifty bucks. But we have seen the same one. <laughs> it is. It is because to me, it is the quintessential '90s rock record, and the yep. fact that this band was never huge is a reason why the whole music business to me is a farce, even though right. I pretty much make my living inside of it every day, but right. it is rocket from the crypts scream, Dracula scream. Oof. There's, Oh, I can't even, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's hard to even. It's that good. It's that good? just, I was listening to it the other night while I was driving home. And yeah, you were. I just like this is <laughs> this actually sparked my whole idea of like, hey, we should just talk about records we want to reissue just because I want to have Rocket from the Crypt. I need this album to come back out. I mean, right. it just like I just love it. It's just so right. it's hard to hard to put into words how great of a band that was, how yep. sort of slick that album was. Yep. Um, but still like really kind of punky, but also too how great of a live band they were. Yeah. And it just there I don't know that there will ever be a band like them ever again. That's all I can say. And I think right. that's fair. Right. I think they I think they did the thing in the in the nineties, they did the thing that you could do, which you I don't think you can do anymore, which is still at the same time your bills are being paid by the major label, you're kind of giving them the finger. Yep. <laughs> the entire time. Like, yeah, no, we're not gonna go do that. We're not gonna yeah. go do this. We're not gonna do it like that. Sure, we're gonna put out this record on your label and then we're gonna turn around and we're gonna put out another record on our label. Yes. And at, it's at the same time, it's like the songs that we were gonna put on that one, yeah, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna do it over here. Yep. <laughs> instead, and it's gonna be just as good. Yep. <laughs> it's like I found a 10 inch of the state of art is on fire in Cincinnati oh. not too long ago and I was just like, yeah. 
yes this is so awesome that um, one is my other favorite of theirs so, great. so i even will admit that i love rftc which came out in 98 which is yep. probably the one that where they were like you know what let's just go for it because if yeah. if this one doesn't hit they're gonna drop us right so right they went for it i there's a couple songs on there that are just a little too, they want to be radio friendly. It still works in the context of the album. You can hit start and not want to skip any songs. Yeah. But man, there are just some, <laughs> oh, they're so yes. good. I, was, I, I, I immediately go from scream draft to scream right into that record. And I had the CD version of RFTC and I just, I mean, I've owned two or three copies cause I just would scrape it up. It was just always lived in my car. Yeah. But what's funny <clears throat> is that record came out in 98. It did nothing. Even no. RFTC fans didn't like it. And then they just kind of disappeared. And then their next record came out in 2001, which is Group Sounds. But yep. what happened, what happened is, yep. so I went to Belmont West, the first program in LA in 99, yep. and then came home. And Emily went out in 2000, and I went out to visit her. And we saw them play at the Roxy in 2000 in like the first yep. quarter right and it now that i think about it and i've thought about this multiple times but it was basically a label showcase show yep. like they they had already been dropped or knew that they were on their way out and they were just it was a very industry heavy show it was at the roxy and it was it was like life-changing i know that sounds silly but i had never been in a room with that much energy and they came out they had this guy come out and just introduce the band in spanish dressed in like a like a three amigos type outfit or whatever. They just right. came out. They did their whole shtick. And I was like, this is a perfect band. This is, I never want to see another band ever again. So, right. <laughs> yeah. I think they were, I mean, it's crazy. You're right. There, there are a slew of bands. We can have this, this could be yes. an entire call, but like there's a chunk of time in the nineties where there are certain, there is like a top tier of the bands that everyone heard about or knows. And then yep. just under that, there there are all the bands that should have been on that equal footing. But yep. if there is any justice in this world, they should have all been right there with them. And yep. they just didn't for whatever reason. And I even understand some of them I why they too. didn't. Yeah, yeah. But you're like, why is Rocker from the Crypt not in that top tier? Why is Hum not in that top yep. tier? Like, yep. why is Chavez not in that top tier? Like the songs are all there yeah. like it's all there like what was it that you know maybe whatever again yeah. we can go down that rabbit hole but they i mean you and i probably played that record ten thousand times in dorm room oh, life man the first three <laughs> songs i mean they're just right in your face and then the third being on a rope you're just like i don't i mean i don't know how done better than this Done. you're done so and it's like i have yeah go ahead sorry I, well there's that whole i'm sure you know and love and remember this but like in the liner notes this is something i've always wondered because john reese is famous for his uh hyperbole yeah. and hyperbolic stories being complete bs but there's that there's a little snippet in there about there was supposed to be like string arrangements yeah. between songs and all that and i've always wondered if it's like because there's a couple songs where you can hear like strings yeah like between i'm like is that a real thing and what would that have sounded like 
know. What were they going to do? And it's like, if you're going to reissue this reissue thing. Reissue it. Reissue it with that. That'd be cool. Right. Let's hear the whole kit and caboodle, you know? So I, every time I see copies of this, they're always in the UK, which I think where they were on cargo records over there, maybe. Yep. So um, I think the UK, just even in vinyls, like um, pit, like of sales, I think they were always doing a good job of just, um, you know, making sure they were out there. So I just, yep. I'm not a big fan of ordering records overseas. Um, right. Just, I've just seen the ones that come two states away and how they arrive, how they arrive. So the idea of spending 50 bucks and up to see one, you know, come come across the seas all beat up would would kind of stresses me out but um right there i've seen a couple other ones for some reason this is such a silly romantic thing but i just want to stumble on it in a store you know what right. i mean like i right. just i know it's worth 50 i'd probably pay 75 in a store just in a heartbeat I'm just like <laughs> right. yeah, ma'am, please right. thank you yes. go outside and cry for a little bit a little while yeah so Yep. Yeah. So in, in for, for my whole list, um, I mean, I've got a couple other ideas on some, but to me, I think right now the top, my top two favorite that I, I would love to have reissued would be the Scream Directed <clears throat> Scream and Tom Petty's Wildflowers. So. Yep. Those are tasty treats. Yep. Um, f- on my end, well, PJ Harvey record, of course, that was in the list and the Cure record. We're both in the Discogs list. Um, Juliana Hatfield, uh, "Become What You Are." Oh, that would be a good one. Because they've they've reissued "Run Out Groove." Did uh, the one after it, which I can't remember right now what the name of that one is. But "Become What You Are" is the one that like cemented her in my brain forever <laughs> as like the greatest thing ever uh, at that time. Um, but I love, I love that record. Uh, it is super good. It's a great uh, record. Kind of can't believe that nobody has touched that, but I don't know. Maybe it's a her thing I as well. I think someone took a shot at it, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I tried to look it up today and like try to do my homework, make sure I wasn't completely insane on some of these. But um, uh, that one I could not find. A copy of that was not an OG, um, but it's great. Right. It's a great one. Um, one <laughs> uh, yeah, you are what, right. Whatever my love was the one that they yes that somebody somebody yes. reissued, and I remember getting really excited when I saw it, and I was like, right. oh, it's not become what you are, and I right. didn't buy it. I'm such a jerk, but yep. Um, my next one is kind of a cheat because I have a reissue of it, but it is not a good one at all. Um, and I probably should have gone my gut and not, not gotten it, but I was like, Oh, it'll be good. Um, Mr. Bungle's disco Volante uh, has been repressed multiple places. Um, and never officially. Um, the problem is (laughs) they, in their infinite wisdom because they're true pieces of poop. (laughs) Those guys, they, uh, when this record originally got put out, it should have been on two records because there's enough, there's like a hidden track. There's a whole, there's a whole world of like weird stuff that they did with the music. Uh, Warner brothers was like, we're not spending all this money on, 
you guys because this was again this was like 92 or 93 originally they're like yeah. we're not we're not spending gads of money for a double lp on mr bungle like this is like 400 people are gonna buy this record um so they crammed it all into one record so even the ogs supposedly don't really sound that great but they did put the hidden song on like a seven inch that came with the record gotcha all of these represses crammed the whole thing onto one uh, record. Gotcha. So everybody's like, yeah, it's just not great. But even like I have it on CD and even when you listen to it on CD, it's like, it never really sounded that great. Like people <laughs> no, are complaining it's a about weird it. sounding record. It's weird yeah. all through and through. It's like it, it's never loud enough. Like no yeah. matter what you have to turn it way up. Like it was never, it's almost like they used, they did the whole like using the studio as the instrument thing and yeah. like took it to it's like, nth degree and we're like yeah. yeah so now we're gonna make this even hard to hear <laughs> um but rumor has it because uh the bungle boys got have done some shows recently that they uh are in the process of getting or trying to get the masters back from warner brothers to do proper oh, good. releases so i think it's gonna happen um but I got one, but it's not it's not super. So I'd love to have a well, real I'm glad you said nice that one. because I stumbled on one earlier this summer that was I think thirty or something like that. Right. And I was like, Oh man, this feels like a lot of money for a record I'm probably only gonna listen to once or twice, you know. Right. But the store the guy at the store saw me and he's like, Oh, I love that band and I was like, I do too. I just don't know if I'm gonna really listen to it like thirty dollars worth of time. Right. He was like, right. Yeah, I get it, but and it wasn't in the best shape either for the price, so right. so I kind of let it go. So I'm, uh, it, it's good to know that that it's not the most uh, uh, well thought out because uh, it definitely wasn't an original pressing. So yeah, like there's a there's a couple there's like one plain records did one, and now I think music on vinyl did one, which the people say the music on vinyl one is infinitely better than the plain records one, but and I have the plain records one. It's not. It's not like, oh my god, that's the worst yeah, sound sure. ever. It yeah. just doesn't sound any better than my CD. Like if you A B yeah. them, you're like, yep, I don't yeah. really. There's nothing I'm gaining out of this. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, the last two quickly. One, uh, Fred Schneider's, just Fred. <laughs> I love that. Which is a really good album. Um. And I mean that in the most serious, <laughs> serious way I can. Talking about a Fred Schneider solo album, yeah. um, this is his like. It's almost like an ode to punk rock, um, and his growing up, listening to it. Um, this the only copy I could find readily available was like two hundred bucks, um, and that's OG for sure. I mean, I have. There's no doubt in my mind why this has not been repressed because i'm sure it's not like top priority for a lot of people um but the bands like steve albini produced uh i think at least like half of this record yeah. um band six finger satellite is his backing band on a bunch of it um it's really it's fun in that same fred schneider kind of way but just a little bit more twisted it's really yeah. good um, and then finally, uh, the first, I guess technically it's the third helmet record, Betty. Oh yeah. 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 Um, I know this is a very rock heavy 
list for both of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think I mentioned. Uh, anyways, uh, meantime, they have reissued which is the record before that's their big major label debut. Um, Betty is the one after it. I saw them on that tour. It was great. Uh, loved, always loved that record. Would love to see that and, and touch it and have it. It'd be great. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's it without going down. There's like a whole hip hop rabbit hole I had too, but we can save that for another day. (laughs) Yeah. My, my problem with hip hop, just in general is i just can't ever the bootlegging side of it's just so kind of confusing for me in terms of what's you know legit what's not legit what sounds good what doesn't sound good you know so right can be a little overwhelming so it was kind of funny going through like some of this because like i think i mentioned that most deaf record black on both sides yeah like that'd be great but it's also like I also started to wonder, like, is there, are there, like, multiple takes of, like, when a hip-hop artist goes in, do they listen to the track and they, like, have to work through lyrics? Or do they, like, write them and perfect them before they ever go in and do them? Meaning, if you do, like, a repress, is there, is there ever hope for, like, the demos? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that would be awesome to like hear yeah. the process of somebody going through like, yeah. how do I make this sound the way I want it to sound with nothing but words? Like I think amazing. those guys are air on the side of being genius too much to ever let right. it be known that they missed a track or didn't nail it or it wasn't quite as good. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. probably not fair to say, but you never see them. You know what I mean? You never see like, you know. Right. There's my work um, tape outtakes you know? and things like that. So that's a good question. It may, they may just not exist or they may just know it. And when they get in there, they just nail it, you know? So. Cause I mean like famously Jay Z never writes down anything. Like he right. walks in and he just does yeah. his thing, you know, but yeah. then there's those other guys who like write everything down. They're not yeah. really reading it, but they are reading it. Like, you know, they change things on the fly. Like I would love oh, to sure. like be the fly on the wall and like, Oh wow. Yeah. Like, he didn't say the I... thing. He said the other thing. I had about the Tribe Marauders, Marauders record. Marauders. Say it. Um, yep. Just sort of on a whim, like at a store one time, just yep. lazily, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, it's the quietest record ever. I mean, it's like you can tell that, you know, I, I don't know that they put a lot of thought into um, some of those reissues on that. So, again, I think it kind of comes back to really wanting the artist to be intrigued and excited about getting it out there and making sure it right. sounds really great. So, Yeah. Because so much of that, you know, again, there's the conundrum of like so much of that music is made in a digital realm. Like, yep. yeah, sure, the samples are pulled off of analog sources, but the thing itself that you know is a digital thing. And like, yeah, sometimes you got to like work with it to make it sound good, kind of reverse engineering it, you know? Well, it's like I read um, a quote from or I think in one of Questlove's book and one of the Roots records, and I forget which one, he purposely tried to make his snare sound like a drum machine. He wanted to be like right. so precise that he thought that people thought that it was a drum machine. They did. And he was like, ha ha, I got you or whatever. So right. it is kind of funny to be like, okay, cool. Although phrenology 
I didn't even think about that, but that one is definitely on my list of yeah. Wait, just we'll just wait for an hour and a half in on the podcast for Aaron to think about right. a third. <laughs> but phrenology by the roots, I would love to have that one reissued. Um, yeah, I think that would be. I just love that record. That that's like my the epitome, and it's probably like the most popular roots record. I'm sorry that I feel that way, like or that I'm that's the one I gravitate towards. But I just right. love it from start to finish it's just got so much great stuff on there that one that one i would love to see reissued so there you go they gotta be they gotta be working towards it right because then they They are they are uh things fall apart right yep yep Yep. so they'll get there soon yeah all right buddy well uh we've done another one we got another one in the can there it was and no one took their clothes off that we know of (laughs) i'm still clothed i'm still drinking some cherry wine Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> all right man we'll uh we will uh we will put our heads together on our next episode and do it again soon yes we will all right, all right. bye, bye. bye.